Welcome back to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. I am the well-rested, the relaxed, as Elmer Fudd would say, wested and we waxed. Okay. Traffic guy, the anchor for Denver 7 News. Back with my old partner, Joseph Peters. I am Jason Liver. He is Joseph Peters. Pedestrian advocate. Hello. I. By the way, later on in the show, I'm going to tell you why I want you to have a different uh, name. Okay. We're going to add to the pedestrian advocate. Beautiful. As though I don't already have enough nicknames on no, this you, show. No, you need. You do have a couple of them, but I'm going to have more nicknames for you. At least another good one at the end of the show. Beautiful. I just want to lay it on you now <laughs> that it's coming. All right. Good All tease. Right. Yeah, so there you go. Well, it's nice to have, uh, nice to see you. I haven't seen you in several weeks. No kidding, Because um, last, the, the last episode, well, last week, I was, I was in the ocean. How, I mean, on how a was boat. the ocean? By oh, the, way. the ocean is fantastic. I was actually in the ocean, but you know, and then I was also on a ship in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the week before that, you uh, slept in a little bit, and which is understandable. You work the night side shift. I mean, you are the night side executive producer. I mean, you're one of my bosses, and so that means that you were sleeping and you got sleepy and you stayed sleepy, and then so we had the lovely and talented um, and good smelling Nicole Brady. Far more talented than me, too. I don't, I don't understand how she hasn't become the permanent co-host yet. Well, she is prettier than you. Yes. I will give her that. Debatable. She, she, was, she was good. Okay. She's good. And then we had, you know, Jason Granauer is a fill-in a while back. He was okay. He's he, a funny guy. Yes, funny he guy. was. He, he was he was enjoying himself, I think. <laughs> okay. We'll see how, you know. He, he was clamoring. And then, of course, Thomas Hoppe was always clamoring to be on the show. Yeah. We just got to limit that. We just got to limit it. I, I would say our show has few enemies, but Thomas Hoppo would be public enemy number one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we are going to be uh, the world-famous podcast even more so now because of my latest stunt, Joseph. Oh. This is the reason why. Now, as, as, as we just mentioned, I, I'm back from my week-long open sea cruise to the Caribbean. Um, and we'll talk more about that and some adventures about that in just a minute. But I, I thought a really effective way to promote the show is to fill 100 bottles or so with a piece of paper, and on that piece of paper is a link to this podcast. And in that bottle, I would put, a, put the top on it, and then I, I, every night or so, I would go down to the back of the ship, um, and I would, I would chuck, you know, like 10 or 20 bottles every night or so out into the sea um, while most people were asleep, and I was thinking... That would be a good way to spread the word. It's it's kind of like I was thinking, like Hansel and Gretel dropping the breadcrumbs through the yep. forest. I was dropping podcast-linked bottles in the ocean through the Caribbean uh, and to see where they end up. I am hoping we gain a lot of listeners in the Caribbean, preferably users with, who work at hotels that can get us free stays yeah. there. I, I call it at-sea marketing. Beautiful. That is um, beautiful. I, I said on each note, when someone finds it, they should send us an email with the location of that bottle that they found, um, and then listen to the podcast, and then give us a rating, review, and repeat, of course. <laughs> I told them that. I made sure that they had to do that. If you think about giving us a one-star rating, just throw the bottle back. Don't, oh, exactly. Don't, don't just throw it. Yeah, don't keep it. Just throw it back. That's a good point. Yeah. Exactly. And if you didn't like it, yeah, just throw it back, and maybe somebody else will find the bottle. I'm still waiting for those emails to pour in, and I think they will. Trickle. I think it's going to be more of a trickle than a pour. Still waiting. Okay. Still waiting. Uh, and so I'm back from that week-long vacation. I was on the Symphony of the Seas. The Symphony of the Seas. It is the mega cruise ship from Royal Caribbean. It's the largest cruise ship in the world currently. However, I think that 
Carnival is building a bigger one with a roller coaster on top of it. That's correct. And also, why would you ever ride a roller coaster in the ocean? You know, they have a cruise ship. I think it's another um, Carnival ship that has a go-kart track on the top. Fascinating. Also would not do that. That seems like a little much. <laughs> now, this one had all kinds of crazy things. They had the flow rider. That's that surfing thing that mm-hmm. you can do. They had two of them, one on either side of the back. Please tell me you tried that. I did not try that. Well, see here, my daughters were just too little to do it. And so instead of, I guess I could have just let them go, and I probably should have. And then I could have waited in line and done it. But I just wanted to spend more time with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did, the, they had this giant slide. Not a water slide. I mean, they did have three water slides. And they had one of the water slides. We call it the toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it goes down a couple of times, and then it spits you out in this big funnel. And then you're, it, my goal, and I think most men on the ship, uh, the goal was to try to see how many times you could go around the funnel before you get sucked down back the tube and then right down to the end. So it's a speed game. I was two and a half was okay. my record. Now they say there was some guy that did like five times around. I don't know how that is even possible to get enough momentum to do it. Can you get a running start on a slide like that? Well, no, is that you, even when, beneficial? So, you know, when you're standing there at the at the mouth of the opening there, you can grab the top of the slide and you kind of launch yourself. You get a little bit extra, kind of like if you would in the bobsled yep. uh, where you're just running and or, or you're on the luge and you have those little spiky fingers, gloves, and you're, and you're kicking yourself forward. So to your point, you have every macho dude on the ship trying to swing themselves as hard as they can down this water slide. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Most definitely. Okay. And try to go as fast and then try to go as many times around the ring, around the bowl as possible uh, before they get sucked out. Um, it, it really is a fantastic ship. Um, they have a, a carnival atmosphere kind of on the back. Uh, they have this boardwalk area where they have a bunch of shops they had the central park where they actually have they actually have a botanist on board because they have so many plants in this central park area that's mm-hmm. open um and it, it was it was just the greatest and you know we had a, a balcony cabin that overlooked the that was right there on the ocean side and so we were on the 12th floor the 12th deck and the week before our cruise there was did you see the video the kids there was one kid he was really drunk from the night before, still in the morning. They dock in Nassau, and he stands on the balcony on the edge, on the right there on the railing of his personal balcony, and he jumped off. Okay. It okay. was 100 feet plus into the water, into the sea below. No, I didn't see it. Yes, I respect it. It was unbelievable. And I was looking, because we were basically in the same spot on the ship with this guy, and he was one floor below us, and I'm looking down, I go... You know what? I could probably see why he thought he could make it. And he did make it. He said he hurt his butt and he said he hurt his feet, I think, and maybe his back. You got to go you got to go straight pencil on that, man. Oh yeah. There you can't do any flips, you can't do nothing. It's it's got to be straight into the water. And so Royal Caribbean obviously caught this guy and they banned him and I think the guy he was with from ever cruising again on any of their ships or any of their cruise lines. Any of them. Do they have his picture up on a wall on all probably. the ships? That's they probably. They probably have his name, and they can't. You can't go on any of those ships. Did they make him hold up a sign that said "diver" or something no. similar? <laughs> Criminal. But I thought it was interesting to, to see. Anyway, I was. Uh, we stopped at Nassau. We stopped at St. Thomas. We stopped at St. Kitts. Um, uh, my first time in St. Kitts. It was. It was a nice island. It looks like Matanui. I don't know what that is. Uh, from Moana. Okay. Okay. So it looks like Matanui. Okay. Uh, we toured the jungle. Interestingly, they are now just paving uh, the main road around the island. They're trying to improve traffic flow 
because their their real economy was based on sugarcane about 10 years ago, and then that went bust because they lost all their subsidies from England uh, and the U.K., so they are basically on their own, and they don't really have a whole lot to sell. I mean, they're, they're island except for tourism, and so now they're basing most of their economy on tourism. And so they're encouraging the tours, to, uh, the cruise boats to come in there. They're building a new dock to get a, more cruise boats in there. And uh, they're, they're paving the roads to try to make it easier for the travelers that will be coming to tour the island and get to the beaches and that sort of so thing. So a big investment, right? They're spending Huge. a lot of money trying to make things better so that people will want to come there. Exactly. Okay. And, not, and, and the infrastructure that I was seeing being constructed is really more about the roads rather than building wider sidewalks and getting people to walk from place to place or walk to a beach or they they would all be in a taxi or in a like when we toured the island we were in this it was almost like a range rover there or a pickup truck that was cut in half and then the back half was this all like a stair stepped up stadium seating like four rows of seats okay uh in this big open safari type vehicle if you will uh, that took us up into the jungle and then the other side of the island and then to the beach for a little bit. Okay. They don't have those vehicles here. No, I have not seen it. I was going to say, that sounds like something you would only find on an island like Probably. That. It was okay. a lot like Jurassic Park. I, I felt it was a lot oh, like that. Oh, good. That's yeah. what I like to say when I'm on vacation. This reminds me of Jurassic Park. <laughs> Without the dinosaurs uh, trying to eat us. Um, but all the places they that we went, they drive on the left. Which I thought was also interesting because, you know, you forget about how, how, how driving on the left is so much different than driving on the right. And so weird. It's just weird. Oh, yeah, it is. Especially when you're making that turn to drive on the left, but you're going from one. It, it's just complete. Like, it's, you're coming up to an intersection. Instead of going to the right, you're trying to make the the right turn, but you're making the right turn and you're going. It's on the left side. It's just when America takes over the world, that's the first thing we're changing. Oh, most definitely. We're also changing it all the miles an hour, but that's going to take a little And you longer. know what? St. Kitts was miles an hour. They were not kilometers, which I was surprised about. Weren't they? They were just affiliated with England, you said. Yes. Do you think they switched it out of spite? Uh, maybe. <laughs> or maybe they only got miles an hour speed. Maybe they were able to get a discount by shipping them from the United States rather than from ah, the UK. There we go. That's the only thing I could think of. Um, but yeah, St. Thomas and St. Kitts and Nassau all... They all drive on the left side. Um, I did say do you see some hurricane damage there in St. Thomas. Not surprised that was still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to rebuild any of those buildings anytime soon. I guess they're on island time, where they take as much time as they want to rebuild right. anything they want. Well, it also you know this it would cost an arm and a leg to get any sort of building materials out. To oh, most I know, those and they do have a Home Depot type store in St. Kitts, and I'm thinking, how much is it to ship stuff? A light bulb. That we can get for a dollar here? How much is a light bulb there? My wife briefly lived in Hawaii, and that was one of the things she said, was that everything was... She she was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to afford groceries consistently here when I'm paying $9 for a jar of peanut butter. Exactly. You know, about the only thing she could probably get cheap was pineapple and guava. Bring it on, man. Pineapple, guava, and fish seven days a week. <laughs> now, I did want to mention a couple of things. Uh, we took Frontier Airlines out of Denver to Miami, uh, and we took Delta Airlines back. Frontier, the Greyhound of the skies. Yo, even worse. Yep. Uh, More like the roadway. (laughs) Now, let me tell you a tale of two different flights here. Are they even a bus service anymore? No, they're not. Uh, On Frontier, during the flight, 
Now, I didn't buy anything, and we, we talked about the tipping thing earlier, right? And I was mm. hoping that we were going to have somebody on the show today to talk about the whole tipping sh- uh, thing. I was trying to uh, get somebody on, and as I check my email now, still, nope, nobody's nobody's going to be available yet. I, maybe they still might. I don't know. It's still young in the show. Uh, but on Frontier, they I didn't buy anything, so I wasn't presented with the option to tip or not to tip, but I did see that tip machine, and, was he, and they were... Uh, you know, people were doing the whole tip machine, doing that thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get a sense, and not a lot of people around me were buying stuff, so I didn't get to see if they were leaving tips or not. Right. Well, in Frontier, I mean, the thing with Frontier, you're going on that plane because you're trying not to spend a lot of money, so you, you're going to get more frugal people generally. Right. Like, I fly Frontier. I'm not buying a soda for $6. Thank you very much. I'll bring my water on the plane. Exactly. Exactly. And and the reason we flew it, because even after buying bags, I bought, had to buy three bags, and I even bought the cheapest seats I could because I wanted to assure that I am going to be sitting with my children. Mm. And I need to be sitting, at least one of the parents needs to be sitting with my 7- and 10-year-old because they can't just be scattered across the plane. That's a bad idea. So do you get a row for your wife and the kids and then you go wherever, or do you go no, two by two? Well, in this case, it was usually a row for the kids and my wife because it's three, and then than me across the aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that That's usually the best way to do it. Because then I could still talk to him, still see him. I could pass things from... Because I'm the electronics guy. Yep. I'm the guy with the with the uh, the laptop with all the movies on it. And I'm the guy who has to have the headphones and give it to him. And... Well, I have a suggestion. And see what your wife thinks about this. They get the road to themselves and you sit in business class. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's just a thought. She would not like that. I don't know. Maybe now that they're not babies and they pretty much can take care of themselves on the airplane, mm-hmm. she probably wouldn't mind it as much. Mm-hmm. But then she would go, why, why are you up there and I'm not? You, <laughs> you know? guys can take turns, right? Split the flight. But I was uh, uh, bugged by the, the Frontier pitch that I kept getting over and over by different things. Um, one, you know, you got to buy this and you need to buy that and you can buy this. But at the end of the flight, before we do the final check and we're, we're going to land... They come on and they're talking for at least three or four minutes. I mean, I'm not kidding about at least three minutes about their credit card. And you got to take their credit card. And here's why you need the credit card. And you can get these so many bonus miles and you get this free stuff and free that. No thanks. And they tell you that they make the credit card pitch right after they say you have to switch off like most of your electronics because right. you're about exactly. to come in for a landing. Exactly. Can I just say we've all fallen for that uh, credit card thing too. Because the bonus miles are really nice, man. You can you usually can get two legitimate flights with the bonus miles from those credit cards when you get the initial sign-up offer. The problem is that you have to get a credit card. Right. And I don't want another credit card. None of us do. I have no, two. Well, none of us need one. Let's I have put it that two way. credit cards and my debit card. And that's what I use, and that's all I want. Because I don't want more. We don't need more credit. Correct. Don't need it. Don't want no. it. And I don't want your little bonus miles. I'm traveling with my family. Maybe if I was a single guy and I could use your, because uh, that's what the points guy, we tried to have him on the show one time and his schedule didn't work out with our schedule. So we couldn't have him on the show. Because it's so hard to get airline points. <laughs> so he, so, but the, it, it, maybe that guy w- would be able to use all those points at whatever time. And, and they, I'm sure they have a six month usage policy where you have to use them within six months or something crazy like right. that. Well, I have a, I, I have a family. And I have to schedule these things, and I have a job, and I have to schedule the time off long in, in, into advance. Correct. It does remind me, though, I just saw an ad. Gina sent it to me, my wife, and she said, um, kids, they now have a promotion of some kind of promotion of kids fly free on, on Frontier? Frontier. Yeah. 
Do they mean like lap infants fly? No, for like children. You buy, it's like an adult buy and then your kid can fly. But I don't know at what what like level and I'm sure there's some catches there but I mean we've been we we talk about Frontier quite a bit because it's a Colorado company the business strategy right now is fascinating it does feel like every time I'm checking my email Frontier is adding four or five new routes and it feels like they're trying to build out this infrastructure so they can compete with Southwest and then you hope or at least I hope some of these amenities start to creep back into the picture because at this point, Frontier will quote you like $300 less than Southwest for basically right. any flight. But then if you need a bag, heaven forbid, or two of you need a bag, there there goes the savings because you're paying $200 to add the bag on Frontier. You don't have to pay any fees on Southwest. But you have to figure that out in your head. You say, all right, my base fare is 50 bucks. It's going to cost me 35 for the bag. I want another $15 for my seat. So that's... So it's really fifty dollars plus the fifty dollars puts you up at a hundred. So yep. then you got to compare that with what you're getting with Delta, Southwest, or any of the others. Yep. Because when we were on Delta, it was just a completely different story. Because we flew that coming back because I couldn't get any flight times, good flight times, uh, direct flights back. So we had to connect through Atlanta. So we were on a Delta eh, about ten thirty in the morning coming from Miami to Atlanta, and then from Atlanta there was like a three hour layover, and then from Atlanta back here. And what a difference. The planes, you walk onto the plane, the plane is nicer. They're, they're playing nice, ambiotic music. Um, they're all in purple. They have this nice new purple. It almost made me feel like I was with TWA Airlines back in the 70s. Okay, high praise. It did. I mean, it, you, you get that at least initial feeling from them. I, I honest to God, though, Jason, Across the board, I can't think of an airline that's worse than Frontier. Other Spirit, Spirit, Spirit and Frontier. Those Allegiant are the two. is pretty close. It's been a long time since I've been on Allegiant flight, so I can't speak to that. But like you know, United, Southwest, Delta, um, American, JetBlue, I've, all of those carriers are at a higher level. They so the Delta plane had Wi-Fi, so you could connect your phone or your laptop or your tablet, whatever, to their system. And then you can watch movies or their TV for free. I think Southwest basically does Southwest the same does thing. Southwest does do the same thing. So, but it was so cool because they had not just one movie, their featured movie. You had a selection of about a dozen good movies that are like current movies. And then there was a kids section where you could get kids movies. And then on the flight coming from Atlanta, so that was a smaller plane. Right. Then we went from Atlanta to Denver and we had a bigger plane. And they had, and they had the, in seat, the behind the seat uh, screen so you could watch from there you didn't have to use your device but then they had games i was playing and you can do it with other people in other seats so you so they have a poker game you can play texas hold'em poker or blackjack or whatever and so you could let's say you dial up the the texas hold'em and then you could say all right do you want to host a game or you just want to play you can host a game and other people on the seats around you or on the plane can then join a game and then you have your own texas hold'em poker experience with people on the same plane. How do you get your money in the system? It's not real money. That's too bad. It's fake money. That's. Which is even better because then you can bet like crazy. <laughs> you know, you just bet like a crazy person. <laughs> Isn't that the you, truth? You go all in on a 2-7. Right. And then <laughs> so you just freak everybody out. I'll put 4000 on it. <laughs> but it was fun. They had those different games, and they had games for kids, and they had movies for kids, and they had all the different stuff. And that is a huge benefit for a parent traveling with kids. And and the cost, at least for me, was 
I, I think just a touch more, maybe within fifty dollars, than I paid for this for the Frontier flight after all my stuff. So, all things being equal, I, I'm gonna start looking at maybe Delta again, or just not Frontier and Spirit is what I right. always come back to is like just not those two. Anybody else? They gave me a snack and, and a free drink, and I got a, the whole. I could get the whole can, and not only the snack was cool. So they had the uh, the little pretzel deal, or they had uh, one of those kind bars, oh. and those are those aren't those are cheap. Those aren't cheap. No, you pay four dollars for one of those. In the <laughs> those airport. things are expensive. They also had these little wafer, these little cookies they call them, and they're little gingerbread cookies. These oval, uh, they look like a they look like a, a racing track, uh, and, and they're a little gingerbread cookie. Two of them in there, and it had Delta right there on the cookie. Those they, aren't cheap either. They know, man. But they it was know. great. It was delicious. And my bags made it from the plane to the carousel before I got there. The bags were waiting for me at the baggage collection area when I got there off the plane. It, this may be me being ignorant. I didn't know that was done by airline. So the airline takes it off, and mm-hmm. they usually, like at, at DIA, that, that was one of the big things when they first started that airport is that United had this special baggage system that they throw the bags on there and that your bags are over to the carousel lightning fast way before you even get off of the train coming from the concourse. Um, and that was the case for me there at, at Delta. It's usually not that way with Frontier. It wasn't that way in Miami. No. I'll tell you that. No. Um, so all, all things being equal, I think I would at least try, if not – look for delta flights again Mm -hmm. and see i i I think i still will fly based mostly on price but then if prices are similar within i don't know 50 bucks then i might pay more just to go with one of the better airlines absolutely absolutely it really is a difference um I, i as an added note I think I really like those wafers. I want to find a way to get those biscuits or cookies or whatever they are. Do you want to have I them want it. with your name on them? Oh, yes. Okay. Most definitely. Most definitely. And when I was in Atlanta, there were some Super Bowl things there. But it was just that we just stayed in the airport. And I was able to go to the varsity. Got me a My man. Couple, All of, right. couple of glorified burgers, some <laughs> frosted orange, and some onion rings. So instead of we had talked – Earlier that we were going to draw, you know, get on the Marta, yep. go to downtown, go to uh, the North Spring Station, Northfield Station, whichever one, right by Georgia Tech, and go to the original Varsity. But instead, they have two Varsity locations inside the airport. Beautiful, bingo. Beautiful. Okay. And they okay. had the bar- they had the Varsity right next to uh, the Atlanta Bread Company and right next to Chick Fil A. So I was in heaven. I was going to ask you about Chick Fil A next. Okay, and they were all serving <laughs> Coca Cola, right? Of course they God were. Bless Georgia. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> Well, I've heard some really strange excuses to get out of criminal charges, but this might be one of the strangest. There's an attorney for a woman in Pennsylvania, and she was charged with drunken driving, and and uh, and it, it's claimed now that uh, the client's coat chewing could have thrown off the results of her breath test. Yeah, I said coat chewing. Chewing of the coat gave a false positive is what the lawyer is saying. Was the coat made out of tequila? Uh, I don't think so, but that's possible. Okay. Now, there was an officer who pulled this woman over, testified she was nibbling on her coat before he gave her the breath test, and he ordered her to stop. <laughs> the lawyer asked the officer if he knew the chemical composition of the coat. 
noting that certain substances can alter the result of the test. The breath test showed her blood alcohol level was at 0.15%. That's nearly twice the legal limit for drivers in Pennsylvania. And the officer says the woman also smelled of alcohol and failed a sobriety test. Probably sober. Sounds sober. (laughs) Definitely just chewing on the coat. Must have had the coat. Now, the judge ruled there was enough evidence to send the charge uh, the the uh the case to trial that's one creative lawyer right there though i mean you got to do what you got to do especially but the cop must have put it in their notes right like oh yeah lady was chewing coat even if the coat defense was the same as let's say drinking four beers she was still really hammered yeah i mean and and if if really drinking a coat or drinking a coat if drinking a coat or chewing on a coat gets you drunk (laughs) how many people now are going to go out and start chewing on their coat Everybody! <laughs> Certainly sounds easier than drinking four beers. you got to watch those kids over there at the playground. Hey, Chew it on your I coat. Th- I thought those coats were supposed to be alcohol-free. They're not. Okay. Always got to watch out for the alcohol coat. <laughs> it's going to be a new thing at ballparks. In Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> we have the finest tequila coats oh, that you could goodness. find. Do you remember the old punishment that if a kid... Gets caught, let's say, smoking. His dad would make him smoke a whole pack of cigarettes to teach him a lesson. I do. And, and make him hate it so much they'll never do it again. Has that happened to you? It Did didn't you? happen to me. I, I almost wish it had happened to me so I could tell the story about it. Like, Because smoking is gross. Like, oh, bottom yeah. line, smoking cigarettes is gross. So, but yes, I went through a phase. I smoked cigarettes, but I never had the experience of my father saying, you need to smoke all 20 of these in a row. So what better way to teach your kids the danger of drunk driving... Then to down a bunch of beer, get behind the wheel of your car, with your son in the car, oh yeah, while driving at 150 miles an hour in your BMW. Well, the story of this Mom of the Year candidate starts with a woman from Lexington, Kentucky, who drank a bunch of beer and got in her car to, quote, teach her son a lesson. (laughs) Now, according to the rest citation, the woman said she had been drinking all day, And she also told police she had driven at 150 miles an hour, again, to teach her son a lesson. The uh, the son told police that he tried several times to get out of the car due to his mother's driving, but he couldn't because the door was locked. She had a BAC of .16. That's even better than the chote-cour, than the coat-chewer. You have to be that hammered to think any of this is a good idea. She was arrested on charges of drunken driving and endangering the welfare of a minor. I was going to say, what happened to the kid? That's child abuse, man. Get and the kid out of the house. Should be also in a, for being a dumbass. That's is terrible. That, is that possible? Can, we, can we make be. that law? My goodness. <sighs> and she owned a BMW. Oh, she sure did. And oh, she sure does. Of course she She's, did. They didn't take it from her. She still has it. <laughs> Past tense. <laughs> <laughs> so the city of Denver... And our transit authority, the RTD, the Regional Trans, uh, Trans, uh, Transit District, Transportation District, they were all giddy as a pig in slop yesterday as they unveiled their new autonomous shuttle bus thing out near the airport. This was shortly after a woman lost her foot in a bus accident. Yeah, on a train. Train, sorry, my bad. She train was on accident. a light rail train in the snow on Monday, and the train crashed or something had derailed, and she... Yes, lost a foot. I will. She's going to make a lot of money in that lawsuit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I've ridden those trains numerous times. I have no idea how that could have happened. So they call this 
uh, autonomous shuttle thing. They call it the Easy Mile Shuttle. It, to me, it looks like a toaster with doors and four little wheels. Yes. That's pretty much, to me, what it looks like. No slots on top for toast, as far as I can tell, but I think that would be a good way to go with that. It should be a slot for people thing. to stick their heads and arms out, like on a limousine. <laughs> now, the free shuttle is all electric. It doesn't have a driver, but there is a safety ambassador who rides along with it all day to answer your questions and ensure your safety and the operation of the vehicle. It makes pre-programmed, pre-designated stops along this predetermined route all at the underwhelming speed of 12 to 15 miles an hour. Not going to get any whiplash. I guess this is the, a baby step. Yes, I, I think no, so. No, it goes a mile. It only goes 12 miles an hour. Hooray, we have autonomous vehicles. And, and it also holds a underwhelming load of 12 passengers at most. Great. I'll rent it for my next party. I'm sorry, but you're number 25 in line, sir. You're going to have to wait a half an hour for this thing to circle around. <laughs> I'll just walk the damn mile. Now, they're calling this the Autonomous Vehicle Demonstration Project. It's been approved by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the newly formed Colorado Autonomous Vehicle Task Force. It's going to run for about six months while they look at the data that gets collected on the usage and operability of this thing. And they're going to see if it actually is... Uh, something that they're going to try to use more widely in different cities and different places. And they say the project's main goal is to assess the viability of autonomous servicing in providing first and last mile connectivity to and from transit. I applaud that idea. However, we should do it with capacity of more than 12 and a speed of more than 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The shuttle will also run on a predetermined route Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you get off late, you're going to be walking. <laughs> but don't worry, it's only a mile. It will make a complete loop every 15 minutes. Again, at 12 to 15 miles an hour. Oh, goodness. Easy Mile says its shuttle and operating system have been tested and verified over 200,000 miles. I don't know how much time it would take to go that at 12 to 15 miles an hour in 22 countries. Uh, and they say they have transported over 320,000 people with no accidents or injuries. Again, at about 12 people a load. You doing the math on that? Oh, absolutely. 320,000 to 12 people a load. So that's 13,333 hours or 555 days. <laughs> Year and a half. Uh, and that would be of continuous 24-7. And this is not. This is only operating Monday through Friday during the day. Well, for now, maybe the test model was just going in a mile-long circle perpetually. <laughs> and this thing is only going to 10 a.m. So most people should be at work before 10 a.m., right? Right. So why wouldn't they have it start at 7 in the morning? A, a very good question. I, I, I would have asked that if I was out there. Why not do it so people can use it? as they get off the transit, before they have to report to work, not well after. Unless those guys have really good jobs where they just have to work from 10 to 6. If so, sign me up. The shuttles do have air conditioning, automatic wheelchair ramps, passenger information systems, electric batteries, and onboard USB chargers. That's a nice benefit. Yeah. And actually, the, the Delta plane that I was on, they also had USB chargers on there, which was really cool. Such a game changer, man. It's huge. 
Now, I'm not going to poo-poo this thing just yet. I will <laughs> if you don't want to. I'm happy I, I'll to. Do, really, I'm just con- considering it basically right now a Commodore 64 or, or one of those first Apple computers that I used when I was a kid where you'd make those simple commands. You do like line number 10. You go 10, um, draw a circle. And then you go 20, uh, move circle up 10 spaces. Uh, line 30, uh, run. And it would run this stupid little program. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I thought computers were when I was in like third or fourth grade when the Apple people gave everybody computers. And the text was all green, right? It was yeah, it was Green horrible. on a black screen. It yep. was just the worst. And I thought that was going to be the technology. Uh, I'll skip it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm thinking that's kind of what this is right now. And eventually it'll, it'll reach up to be a MacBook or, a, or an iPad or a... Or right. an iPhone right. or something like that. Yeah, you never get the beta version and you never get the first release. You always want to wait for the bug fixes, and that's exactly what this is. Yes. That's what, so so I, I'm not going to poo-poo it just yet. But feel free if you if you disagree. Look, man, this is pointless. I mean, I'm not – it's just – it's it's a showcase. Yes. It is a, it is a blatant showcase. This is not something that should be, like – promoted is the uh, the vehicles of the future because there's no way this doing. is how they're gonna this is gonna end up the mayor was out there just loving himself because of that well and that's just and that's what that's what makes me roll my eyes it's like okay i, I mean this is something we had figured out a long time ago we just put it on a track yeah and <laughs> this thing is just simple. on wheels right so i, I mean i know the technology is going to get there and I'm excited for the technology to get there. We talk about this all the time. We think there's going to be autonomous vehicles on the road in both of our lifetimes, comfortably, like probably before I turn 40, if we're being honest. So you know, I'll wait for the technology to get there. But this thing, it's a showcase. It's nothing, yes. nothing special. And that's what and they it's Sam. It's not Samsung. It's it's uh, it is, it's Panasonic. Panasonic. They have this big deal headquartered thing out there, and all these other autonomous people and, and others companies I mean really what they're trying to do is is build a, a, a neighborhood of the future and and this is part of it well and but it's not quite the right I mean come on get get a real vehicle that we get we're we're dealing in the we're living in the iPhone age people we want an iPhone kind of transport yes well and the other thing I, I watched maybe four different stories on this thing I have no idea where it goes. Does it just go from the airport parking lot to the light rail line? I, I really don't understand. Basically, it's going in a little loop from the Panasonic building over to the light rail station through that little parking lot. It's just a little, yeah. little bitty loop. Right. So it has it has a capacity for twelve people because nobody's going to use the thing. Right. Only the people that live uh, that w- live or work there. Right. I mean, That's literally it. work there. Right? right. If you work at Panasonic, it's great. If you don't, eh. yeah. If you're in downtown Denver, you're hosed. You're yeah. on your feet. You're on that scooter. Right. Which will get you there a lot faster than 12 <laughs> to 15 miles an hour. Right? It's true. It's true. Gets Usain Bolt can run twice that speed. Right? That's true. That's true. When I hit the gym, I actually go 12 miles an hour. It's very, very uh, di- difficult. So Probably easier for the autonomous vehicle. No email yet from the, from the Frontier people. And, yet, and so we wait. So we wait. Uh, there are some new bills. I've been looking at some of the new transportation bills that are being introduced in the Colorado State Legislature, including one that I thought was quite interesting. It is a, I, I do think it's going to be dead in a couple of days. It's going to require traffic signals to cycle yellow before green. So in other words, we all know the light turns from green to yellow before it turns to red, right? So you're, you're coming up to the traffic signal, it's green, and then it goes yellow, 
let you know that it's about to turn red, so you're supposed to slow down. People say, what do you do when you see a yellow light? I speed up. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, no, you're supposed to stop because then the red light's coming. So this proposal would not change that part of it, but it would add the same thing after a red light. So you're sitting at the red light. You're waiting for it to change to green, but instead of it going right directly from red to green as it does now, it would go red, and then you would see the yellow light for a few seconds, and then it would go to green. Yeah. So you'd have... Everywhere? Everywhere. In Colorado, that's what he would want. That's that's the bill. This is something that somebody elected this person to pitch this? Uh, yes, apparently. So and here's the thing. This is useful in some places. This is useful on my walk to work where people are perpetually trying to turn and there are crosswalks and drivers should be told, hey, let the crosswalk people go first. Go slower, right? So I can see the value of it in an urban core. But tell the guy in Grand Junction, hey, we're going to screw up your traffic lights. <laughs> well, I think what they're doing is they're going to add – it would add – for the most part, three seconds to you. And I don't know if you're supposed to wait on the yellow and then wait till the green to go, or you can just go. That's the question. Because the bill sponsor says it's supposed to help as an indication for people in their cars and for people who are on the sidewalk that are facing that signal that the stopped movement in that direction will soon start up again. So there you go. So I don't know if you because like in the if it goes from from um, green to yellow, you're supposed to start slowing down, but you don't necessarily have. You can go through the yellow light, right? Yep. You don't really get a ticket for going through the. You get a ticket for going through the red light. So if it goes from red to yellow to green, right when it turns yellow, can you just floor it? So I want to congratulate you because man, I haven't seen this one yet, and this thing's a doozy. It's awesome. Second. Traffic lights were broken. We needed to fix traffic lights. Like I didn't, I didn't know traffic lights were a problem. I thought they I were working so. pretty well for I everybody. Know. I thought everybody was doing great with this. I, I guess I'm wrong. No, you are wrong. Okay, you are very, very wrong because we need this apparently. Um, <laughs> it, it's not the worst idea in the world, are, but it's not a great idea either. It's not the worst idea. It's not the best idea. It is seriously. It's a completely unnecessary idea. Oh yeah, unnecessary is definitely true. Like, nobody, nobody asked for this, except this guy who is actually asking for this. And I think if he, and he knew anything about transportation, he's on the transportation committee, because that's where this bill is, or, you know, at least it was introduced as, as transportation legislation. But it's, I don't think it's legal under federal guidelines, because you have the, uh, the basic blue book, or, or I think that was the blue book, of, the, of all the uh, traffic guidelines that you have throughout the country. It's the, it's the standards. I mean, you have traffic standards. You have a book that has all of those in there for turn lanes and for distances and for all these different aspects of driving and building roads and having intersections. They're all supposed to be uniform throughout the country. And this would not make it uniform throughout the country. This would make it different here. And so it would have to be changed nationally first. And then, and then I guess each state could I'm dying, go man. This. this is the, the – this- that just blew my mind. I rarely have my mind blown on the Driving You Crazy podcast. I can't. Somebody elected a person who decided yes. it was a good use of taxpayer dollars for him to use his on-the-clock time to pitch fixing traffic lights, something that isn't broken, and he couldn't fix if it was broken. Yeah. God bless America. There you go. That is America, where you can change the traffic lights when they don't need to be changed. And then how long would that yellow light be? One second? Two or three seconds? Too long. Whatever your answer is, it's too long.
Because right now we have the red light cameras, and actually there's another bill in the legislature to get a, do away with all the red light cameras. That's a smart bill. That's a good use of taxpayer money. So let's say we had a red light camera at that intersection, and it goes from red to yellow. Do you get a red light ticket for going through the yellow at the red light? or Only, that... only if you gun it, right? I guess. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know how all that works. Maybe that's the guy we should get on. That is the guy we should get on ASAP. <laughs> well, the other day we had a pretty big snowstorm a couple days ago. Today's Wednesday. That was Monday. About six to nine inches of snow. It was predicted to be one or two. It was a lot. That was a lot more than just one or two. Uh, ju- and it was at the worst timing because it was during the morning commute. And during my tweet fest that I, that I had during that morning because I was tweeting out about the crashes and we had, I don't know, 100 crashes or some crazy number like that and all the different road conditions. Somebody said we need to make a bigger deal on air about having good snow tires or even just good tires on your car. And so maybe... Uh, we could have fewer crashes, and somebody said that maybe we should give a subsidy for low-income drivers because he thought maybe most of the bad drivers with bald tires were low-income, and then those low-income drivers could get a tire subsidy and have better tires and uh, because they are so expensive, and then we wouldn't have as many crashes. Well, I mentioned in my reply that maybe we should have a subsidy to build a dome over the city to keep the snow off the roads. But the police department from the city of Parker which is a metro Denver city, they tweeted back to me saying that was ridiculous. They said if we heated the roads, people wouldn't need to slow down. We wouldn't need to give extra space in front of them, and we would probably do away with emergency kits in the trunk. I thought it was brilliant. Okay. brilliant. Heat the roads. Heat the roads. The snow would hit the road. It would melt away, and they would always be clear. Hashtag heat the road. No more snow plows. No more salt, no more sand on the roads. You would have fewer chipped windshields. I just got a, a new windshield for my birthday because I had a chipped windshield that I've been driving around for okay. like two years because of that garbage that's on the Wait, road. For your birthday? Yeah. Got a windshield and a cruise. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> one, one of those is fun, and I'm not talking about the cruise. We <laughs> There would be fewer crashes, so our insurance costs... Could could go down, right? right? If you don't have snowy roads to deal with, icy conditions, you're you're most likely going to have fewer crashes. So your insurance rates, because you're having fewer crashes in your city, they're all going to go down for everybody, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think it's brilliant. We could use solar panels right next to the roads. Uh, we could use batteries that are rechargeable that would help heat them up at, during the storm or at night, whatever the case may be. Maybe those little wind generators. That, you know, you get those little windmills, if you will, mm-hmm. that can generate some electricity, and that would uh, up, heat up the roads. That would that would power that. Okay. Right? Because I, I, I don't think you need a lot of power to heat up the road. I mean, how much is it to heat up a road? How uh, much is it to... You know those uh, uh, driveways, the heated driveways? How much yeah. are those things? I mean, isn't it all solar, too? Like, it stores the energy? I think those are... Then... I saw a guy with, with uh, heat... Well, he, I think they heated water, and it was the water that was pumped under the driveway. And then it kept it clear. That is crazy because the gym at my pool is the pool at my gym is not heated in. It drives me absolutely crazy. I don't understand how it's twenty eight nineteen and we're still building pools that aren't heated. Well, that's dumb. Nobody asked for cold water. No, I went inside for a reason. That's all. Someone on the tweet chain claimed uh, uh, chimed in, uh, saying if we heated the roads, our taxes would be so high that nobody would live here, and there would never be any traffic. 
Well, that, that to me, that's a win-win situation right there, right? I mean, that's an unintended consequence of benefit. Yep. yep. Maybe we yep. could use some of the pot money to heat the road for this heat the road plan. Bro, we, we use could the use... pot money for everything. Well, well yeah, why not heat, <laughs> use it to heat the roads right there? I mean, so we're saving money on plows. We're saving money on um, uh, I know the workers to drive the plows. They'll have to get other maintenance jobs, I suppose. We're saving money on salt and sand. We're saving money on all the tires and the maintenance on all those trucks. Yeah, heat up the bowl, heat up your bowl, and heat up the road. Beautiful. I'm in. I'm in. I'm 100% in. Someone said that there are cities that actually use steam heat under sidewalks that keep them clear of ice and snow. And you know the the like around downtown where you see the steam coming out of the uh, manhole covers. That works pretty well. So why can't we? And I think there is a network of of steam heat that is actually under the city of Denver. That sounds accurate, yeah. So why why can't we just get that? <laughs> Harness it, put it to work for the common good. Put it up closer to the road surface. Mm-hmm. Heat mm-hmm. up the roads. Right there. I think it's brilliant. That would work for downtown. We could start with downtown and work our way out from there. Maybe a mix of electric and steam. And we could and we could do that to heat up the roads. Yep. Yep. I don't care I don't care how this happens. I just want it to happen. I like your dome idea too. By the way, what I liked your dome idea too. I like the dome idea too. I think that would work, even though I think that would probably be more expensive. And then you would keep out all. The, do we keep the birds in or out? How do the birds get in and out? Oh, that's really or is it retractable? Question. Maybe it's retractable just during the snowstorms. Oh, I like that. I like that, like a snow shield. Um, the Parker Police Department and I decided that we should start with the main roads first, and then maybe move to my neighborhood second. Because I have all kinds of ice over my neighborhood. And then uh, go to all the roads in the city after that. Like the highways, the main highways. See, I would think you would want to start highways, right? Well, the major thoroughfares. I see. And the interstates and that sort of thing. Um, I think that would probably be the way to go. You know, years and years, they've been talking about about a train. Some kind of a train to take people from from Denver up to Vail. Up along and, and skip I-70. Yep. They've been talking about, and they've been, they've been talking it was going to take 10 or 15 or whatever, how many billions of dollars. So how about we ditch the train idea and use all that money that we're going to use for the train and heat I-70 from Denver to Vail? Because that's not going to fix the problem of bad drivers. No, it won't. But I think, I think that would help out a whole lot because if you don't have the ice and snow, you're going to have better flowing traffic and you're going to have fewer problems. Uh, and it's probably a, a better plan than... than uh, not heating the road. God, all our skier friends, man, that's all I hear is, like, it is a nightmare to come back on ice. I am all in on the heating the road plan. Mm-hmm. All in. And it's my new passion. It's my new passion. Okay. That, that and opening up a grilled chicken place in St. Thomas. <laughs> Which one of those do you feel like is more attainable? The heated roads plan. I think so, too. Uh, and I want you to get on board now as Denver 7's heated roads advocate. I mean, you can you still keep the pedestrian advocate moniker, um, but I, I want you to – no, okay, not just heated roads. How about high, heated sidewalks, too, since you're the pedestrian guy? We do need more heated sidewalks. You can be the heated sidewalk yep. and heated streets pedestrian advocate. Yep. What about that? I'm in. I also think the tire subsidy guy had a point, so I'm also going to be a tire subsidy advocate, too. So we're going to subsidize tires for low-income people so they don't 
have drive on bald tires and they don't cause as many crashes. Exactly. But they're probably driving around without insurance, so it's probably less expensive to give them a tire than to provide them with insurance. Can you drive around without insurance in this Of state? course you can. Are you serious? Oh, they do it all the time. Wow. I mean, honestly, when you when you have that little card, you could sign up for insurance for a week and then you cancel it, right? You had the card and it was valid when you went to get your registration, but then you cancel it. Man, my mind just doesn't work that way. Every time I've had it, because like every time you register your car, you have to show proof of insurance. I've never thought, right. mm, I could probably cancel this tomorrow. You can. Well. Why not? Okay. That's what people do. There you or go. they just drive around without registering their vehicle or insurance, and then you uh, have the double whammy. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about that a couple of times. Yep. Did a whole big story about it. Uh, you can read about it on the DenverChannel.com if you like. Gotcha. Gotcha. So th- there was this one uh, guy I wanted to get for next week, though. It, you know, we'll see if the, uh, let me see if the... Uh, if the airline people had written back yet in my email, nope, 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 oh, wait, oh, no, nope, that's not it, nope, nope, doesn't look like we're getting them on today. Uh, but next week, there's actually this transit guy who says that um, he wrote this whole book about transit, and he looked at all the different states and transit in every different state, even here in Colorado, and he says that Denver Transit, the problem is nobody's using it because it doesn't go where people want to go. I would agree with him. It doesn't really go where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. So I'll effort getting him on the show for next week. Beautiful. I think that's a good plan. We should also get Yellow Light Guy. Oh, yeah, we definitely need Yellow Light Guy. Yellow Light Guy. No. We, yeah, no. I'll, I'll, I'll effort that as well. Beautiful. Make some emails later on today. All right, well, that's about it for this episode of the Driving You Crazy podcast. Uh, please send us a line, drivingyoucrazypodcast at gmail.com. You can always reach to uh, reach out to us on the Twitter uh, tweet machine or the uh, Facebook or the whatever I, you know whatever platform you use. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm not tweeting enough. Really? Yes. I think you tweet plenty, man. Got that in my review. Wow. Need to tweet more. Need to interact more on social media. I don't know what to say to that. I honestly don't know what to say to that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so there you go. I'll be tweeting more, apparently. Beautiful. So make sure you tweet me so I can tweet you back. Uh, thanks again for listening. <laughs> and until next time, I'm Jason Lube with The Traffic Guy. I'm traffic light purist, Joseph Peters. <laughs> be safe, and as always, happy motoring. Happy motoring.